broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Welcome back to another week of The Hunting Show. I'm your host, Stephen Spargo, and thank you so much to everybody that's been entering in our Facebook competitions, and it's been it's been quite impressive. We have had literally thousands of you engage with us over that, and remember, if you'd like to win that great NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine 12-month subscription, all you've got to do is be active with us. So even the ones that entered uh, for the book that we gave away, Peter Ryan's book, a couple of weeks ago, you're still eligible just by liking that and being involved with us on social media, even emailing me. And I do love hearing your feedback. What do you thought of the show? Um, how you thought we went? Whether we went too long? Whether we went too short? I don't mind. Let us know. Also, interview suggestions, always good. Some of the best interviews that I've had on the show over the last year have been with people that listeners have suggested to me. Ring this guy, give it a go. So I, I do appreciate that. And anyone that engages with us on that level can win that great 12-month subscription to NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine and uh, get to keep up with what we're doing. There's every now and then a pretty picture of me in there as well. This week's show, as you might have read on the title, is about thermal imaging. And for me, this is a new technology. I've seen it around. I've looked into it um, back in a past life. I even used it to a similar sort of technology to check up on air conditioning. Uh, but this stuff for hunting is kind of emerging. And what we're noticing is it's really starting to take off. So I thought it was poignant to actually do a show based on this stuff. And I'm very lucky to be to be joined with a, a couple of people that really know what they're talking about. And would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Anthony Cork, I'm Director of Archetype Precision Systems Limited, better known to the hunting fraternity as Yukon Pulsar. And there's the, the wife, and um, we should introduce you as well. Can you tell us, come on, tell who are you? Um, I'm Christine Stewart-Cork, and I'm usually the face that appears in all the pamphlets, actually, because I'm just this part-time model as well. <laughs> part-time model, I have that problem too, not, well. Um, my wife would definitely not call me a part-time model. Uh, look... The first question I have for you is that there's a couple of brands here, and I've noticed there's some confusion on brands. So we've got Pulsar, which is one of your brands, and then we've got Yukon Optics. Can you just clarify that for me, just so we can crank on with the interview? Well, Yukon Advanced Optics is the parent company. Um, they're based in Lithuania, and they also have factories in the UK and Belarus, the States, and China. And Pulsar is their medium to high-level brand, and Yukon is their daylight optical brand and also their medium brand, medium brand. Okay, so they're all designed by the same parent company, but they've split the brands as a way of identifying where the product sits in the lineup. Have I got that right? Yes, that's correct, yes. Okay. So some of the questions that we had sent to us from listeners is really, first of all, is the legality of the stuff. It's, it's crashed onto the market and people are starting to use it, but and sorry to ask you the hard news questions front up, but realistically, what is the legality? Am I allowed to use this stuff on public land? Am I allowed to use it at night? Can you just go into some background for me? Um, well, with the thermal images, it's very, very useful on public land because um, you can spot where the animals are and you can stalk them. And as long as you shoot them before half an hour after darkness or half an hour before darkness, then it's perfectly legal. 
Um, a stable imager can save you an awful lot of legwork. For instance, our Pulsar Quantum HD 50 will scan three kilometers of bush line in one sweep. So say you're in a new piece of land and you want to check out some bush line, um, it's quite easy just to go out really, really early while it's still dark and just check out where the animals are and then you can stalk them, get into position, and as it gets light you can legally shoot them. And it saves a lot of legwork and also you can spot um, sign with them very easily because sign will glow and if you're wounded animal then it's really really easy to find because you just follow the blood trail or you can just see the animal lying there it stands out really really easily interesting you talked about the sign because that's something that a few people have commented to me about that these this isn't just about spotting the animal and, and and looking for that fresh sign can sometimes be really hard to discern now if you listen to a show a few weeks ago we had with mark clinch um, he literally rubs it in his fingers he damn near tastes the stuff to try and figure out how old it is but you're saying that you can really see it's that sensitive to be able to see where the sign is fresh or old yeah, well, I, I could spot fresh pig sign at 200 metres with a pulsar thermal. Really? At 200 metres, you can actually spot uh, fresh pig sign. What about deer? Yes, um, probably not quite as far because they tend to be smaller cotties. Um, but certainly where they've been urinating, it, you'll get a white patch that'll stay white for maybe half an hour. And with sign, uh, with, with faeces, you probably get up to an hour, depending on the temperature, of course. And, and is it, the one thing that I think there's a little bit of confusion over, and maybe not some of the listeners are going to roll their eyes when I say this is confusing some people, but I know for a fact that it is, there's a big difference between night vision and thermal imaging, isn't there? And can you explain that? Yeah, well, well night vision technology tends to use um, near-infrared and also amplified starlight, whereas a thermal imager uses the longer wavelength infrared. Um, we, we do a range of night vision equipment as, all, as well. And um, it's excellent in conjunction with a thermal imager or any other means of spotting. Um, if you've got a rifle scope, a night vision rifle scope or a thermal rifle scope, you still need a means of spotting. Um, you keep your rifle on your shoulder, you walk around, you spot your animal, you get in close, you pack your thermal away or your night vision spotter, and then you use your night vision scope to stalk it. And that, that's very, very productive, very exciting. And if you're a professional pest controller, very, very productive and saves a lot of time and gives very, very good results. And you've got, so there is some legalities around this uh, infrared spotlights, isn't there? Have I got that right? So effectively, if you're spotting with an infrared spotlight, it's still a spotlight, isn't it? Yeah. With public land, you can't shoot um, and half an hour after, is it sunset or half an hour after darkness? But if it's dark, then, you know, if it's dark with a daylight scope, then you're pretty well sure that you're not allowed to shoot. Um, forestry blocks, private landowners, farmers, um, all farmers have pests. And if you can duck out and shoot your pests efficiently and quickly, then you can get on and do other things. And it's the same with lifestyle blockers and orchard owners. Um, we have a lot of farmers who buy equipment from us. For instance, we I got a phone call today from a farmer in Southland. He's an existing client. We've sold him equipment. He's, he grows Swedes, and he's got herds of deer coming out, eating his Swedes. He lamped them for years, and they got really lamp shy. And we sold him some equipment. Uh, we sold him a, a really nice Generation 2 Plus night vision scope. He now wants to trade that in for a thermal, even though he shot 15 deer in the last six months with it. 
Now, this other thing that I've noticed is that this stuff has a high price image. You know, you start talking about thermal and night vision. People are just expecting to spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. And looking at your range, and we had a little bit of a chat off air about price points. It really isn't the case, haven't you? So, can you talk to us about the price point? This is a non-commercial interview. I'm not trying to sell the stuff, but it isn't. It isn't top end product anymore. Well, it is top end, but it's not top end price wise anymore. Well, technology has just moved on. Um, our digital systems are just very, very good. And, and, and the future of night vision is digital. There's no doubt about it. Digital technology has um, pretty much taken over all other analog forms from printmaking right through to photography. I mean, I remember when digital cameras first came out, the resolution was poor, shutter speeds were slow. I thought digital cameras will never become a replacement for film cameras and we can see and they have done everyone's got a digital camera now who uses a film camera and I can now see that the quality of the digital night vision systems are improving to the point where they are encroaching on the traditionally four five thousand dollar generation two plus systems and that'll just increase with time if we're talk first of all how about we talk our way through the the product lineup, mm -hmm. um, but just before we do, what's the starting price point for these products? Well, um, a very, very popular seller has been the um, the Yukon Photon. Um, it's a little um, digital night vision scope. It uses the 30 millimeter tube, very, very easy to mount on a rifle, but also it's very light and it doesn't look dissimilar to a daylight scope. And for just under $900, you've got a night vision scope. That'll enable you to shoot rabbits at 50 meters quite comfortably and deer out to about 150 without using any exterior form of illumination. It's got a little built-in illuminator and it's good. Adding a $200 Pulsar um, focusable flashlight, infrared flashlight, will extend the range to over 200 meters. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't even entertain shooting um, deer at night at ranges over 200 meters. There's, there's advantage of night vision shooting you've got stealth um, you've got time to identify your target you've got time to take a clean shot why shoot at long ranges you can just sneak in closely and that's really good and same with pigs if you want to eradicate pigs you know you've got all the time in the world to spot your pigs to get in close to check that your background's safe to take the shot and it's very efficient and for nine hundred dollars you can start shooting and a couple of things i want to talk to you about so looking at this what what's the model number that's a Yukon Photon XD 4.6 by 42. And it's, so first of all, it's got the rail on the top. It obviously takes standard rings. I'm, I, I Hopefully I've got that right. Rings, yeah. Yeah. And what's the battery life like on it, and how do you use it during the day? Well, you can use it during the day. It's, 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 um, it's daylight safe, so you can use it in bright sunshine. Um, it comes with a cap with a small hole in it, so that if it's very, very sunny, then um, it still keeps it within its usable range. And the battery life, I've measured the battery life with this at 96 minutes with the rechargeable batteries. But being a rifle scope, you wouldn't really turn it on until you were going to take your shot. You'd still use a spotting scope of some sort, whether that be a thermal imager or whether that be a little night vision device. We also sell the um, Pulsar Challenger for 649. And as a combination, that'll spot, that'll spot animals out to about 150 meters, so your rifle's on your shoulder, you stealthily walk around, you spot your game, you get close to it, you take your shot. 
you're talking around 90 minutes, though. That's an age when it comes to looking through a scope. You know, at first I was like, oh, you're 90, vi- 90 minutes. But also, the unit's not massive. I mean, you, it, it doesn't have a big nickel metal hydrate battery or a 12-volt car battery you've got to carry in a pack behind you. So it really, it's about the size. Uh, you guys can look online, and that website's coming up. Um, takes Oh, it takes AA batteries. Yeah. I like that, actually. Well done. Uh, look... I've actually managed to get my kit all but one device down to double A's, so I can take a whole bunch of them uh, in with me, and, and I, that kind of covers me for everything. And I've also got solar rechargeable double A's and all sorts of stuff. But it really isn't a whole lot bigger than your, you know, ten to or your, you know, four to twelve type scope, is it? it um, and from what I understand, so when you're looking through it during the day. You're still looking through a, a digital screen, aren't you? That's correct, yeah. And the working resolution of these scopes is 38 lines per millimetre, so it gives a reasonably good image, even during the daylight. You should be able to take shots. If you're shooting pigs, you should be able to take a pig at 150 metres. It doesn't give you the bright, sharp image of a daylight scope, but it gives you enough resolution to take a shot at a normal range that you know, w- notwithstanding people who shoot at extreme ranges, but, you know, most hunters would shoot at 150 to 200 metres, or I would, anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm in the same boat, to be honest. I'm certainly not getting into this long-range stuff. <laughs> yeah, look, and so what about this sucker here? Now, I've, I'm going to pick this up, and I, it feels expensive. You're looking at me nervously. I'm not going to throw it around. No, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, this this sucker, it, it's it's a whole lot bigger, and I, it, it looks like a scope. It's got the rail on the top again. Um, c- can you first of all tell me what I'm looking at? Yeah, well, this is a this is a Pulsar N870 Digisight. It has a built-in laser rangefinder, and it has very very high resolution. As I was telling you about the Yukon Photon having a resolution of 38 lines per millimeter, this has a resolution of 55 lines per millimeter. So it's right up there with um, the better quality Gen 2 Plus for resolution. Um, It's just a very, very well-designed scope. It's got um, 13 selectable reticles that you can select on the fly without losing your point of aim. It's got one-shot zeroing. Um, It's got a feature called Sumlight, which enables it to be used in quarter moon lighting without any exterior external um, light source such as the inbuilt um, laser infrared unit on it. And it's a good seller. The DigiSight's always been a very strong seller, and they've recently redesigned it, and it's just brilliant. I'm really impressed with it. It's a sexy-looking scope too, isn't it? But it, it, looks a, it looks a bit big, if I was going to give any f- my comment. It's lethal. Um, I, I do quite a lot of um, um, small-game pest controlling, and one of my most, well, the most common misses that I make are range related and the problem is in the dark if I'm shooting pests, rabbits, hares um, I can't use my eyes I have to solely rely on optics, magnified optics to spot targets and I find that sometimes there's a rabbit and it looks so bright and so clear that I'll take a headshot and then I'll see the projectile hit in front of it my rifle sighted then for 50 metres and I'll pace it out, it can be 70, 75 metres and it's frustrating, but um, that's just the nature of the beast. Some animals are larger than others. Terrain varies, and it's easy to make with a low-velocity weapon like a 22 subsonic. It's really easy to make misses. But with this, with this beast, I've nailed them out to just under 80 meters. 
range them, and know exactly how much to aim over. Just squeeze off, and it's deadly. Very productive. If you're a pest controller, I recommend that. Now, we'll, we'll move on to the binos, I think, next. So this is something I found very interesting. So I've got a nice set of Vortex binos. Thank you very much, Vortex. I've got to slip that in. But um, <laughs> they're th these suckers... So tell are they are they um, night vision? Are they? Yeah. Are they would tell me more well, about these. Will certainly beat your vortex for night for night. Oh yeah, they will beat them at <laughs> night time. Maybe. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, you use these all night. Um, they're, they're very good binoculars. They've got um, two tubes, and it's a it's a product called a CF Super Tube, and it's in between Generation One and Generation Two Plus in its development. It has very good edge-to-edge -edge resolution, but the price is extremely low. It's basically it's a Gen 1 price optic, but it delivers a far higher resolution. And the binoculars are good, especially from fixed positions where you can sit and wait. I, I quite like the binocular version of this because it's lighter, smaller, you can walk around. Um, but the advantage of the binocular is you're using both eyes. You've got a tube for each eye, and because you've got a tube for each eye, it increases the apparent resolution as well because you've got two eyes forming the image instead of one. And they're just very, very nice binoculars. Um, re recently, well, about three weeks ago, we had a client come back to us. He was very excited. Um, he's an old client that we'd sold a while back to, maybe originally... 12 months, three years, and he came back for another product. And he just shot his 50th pig. He's over in Brennan in, in the last year. He, he bought a set of binos, night vision binos from us, and then he used white light spot lamp to shoot pigs. He's got a private block that he shoots on. So he would spot, he would spot a pig with night vision, get close, turn his light on and shoot it. But of course, they got light shy, you know, as they do, <laughs> as when a w white light comes on. You know, that spells danger. So he came back to us and he bought a full sight digisite, the um, non-range-finding um, version. So now what he does, he knows where the pigs are coming out. He'll sit, he'll wait for them. He'll spot them with his binos, and then he'll just nail them with a night vision scope. And he came back and told us he'd just shot his 50th pig within 12 months with that setup. Okay, so what about for someone like me, and I've got reasonable optics on the top of my, my firearm, um, but I'd like the combination of good optics and something that's going to work at night as well. I'm guessing this little sucker here. Um, how does it work, and can you tell me more about it? Lo again, looks ex everything looks expensive. I'm, I'm nervous. Well, this, this, is a, um, this is a Pulsar DFA 75 slash DN55. The difference between the two models is the DN55 has a monocular attachment that fits into the back of the front attachment. It goes onto the front of a scope, turns your scope into a night vision scope. So your daylight scope becomes a night vision scope. But this model also has a monocular. So you fit the monocular in the back, and that's your handheld spotter. You have your rifle on your shoulder. You walk around, you spot your game. You get to within a range that you're comfortable to either take a shot or to stalk. Um, you take your monocular attachment off, it simply fits onto your scope with one simple click. Just press it on and just turn it. And that daylight scope is now, to, now a night vision scope. And then you take a shot. And it's really, really simple. And, and so th this is infrared, if I got that right? That's correct. It, well, it's an image intensifying system, but it's a digital image intensifying system. 
but it does have an inbuilt infrared. They call it an illuminator in the trade. It's basically an infrared torch. Um, the animal can't see the source with this unit and they can't see the beam and they will just happily feed away until you squeeze the trigger. And it's very efficient, um, robust unit, takes five seconds to pop onto your rifle. And another wonderful thing with this is that it's fine tunable. So say you've got your daylight scope set up for 300 meters. Um, at night, you're not going to really be shooting 300 meters. Generally, most shots are 100 to 150 meters. So you can um, adjust the point of impact with your DFA device so that when you pop that onto your daylight scope, without adjusting your daylight scope, it's sighted in for 150 meters. And it's pretty good. And, and easy to do. I mean, you're talking. Uh, you're talking about you're zeroing in two places. Is that hard to figure out? No, not really. It's um, it's got it's got presetting. So basically, you go into the menu and it's got 50 meters, 75 meters. For instance, I I I've used this on a 0.22 long rifle, a 170 Hornady rimfire, and your 223 Christine. She's, Christine's got a 0.223. She hasn't fired it yet, but I have. <laughs> It was a it was an anniversary present. I don't yeah, I'm gonna buy I, I'm gonna buy my wife spark plugs yeah. for her birthday. Yeah, so yeah, and I've all and I've also um, used it on the 308. So and it, it's really great because you can just swap it from one to the other and then you just adjust it. Very very cool. And the last thing that's on the table is this very cool looking night or inf uh, sorry thermal imaging. Uh, yeah, device. And this is the one I think most people are going to be familiar with, aren't they? They would have seen these and read about them. Quantum, yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 the Quantum is a very popular model. Um, it comes with three different lenses. Um, to draw an analogy, it is basically a camera. A, a thermal imager is also known as an infrared camera. So the three different lenses, we have a wide-angle lens, we have a standard lens, and we have a telephoto lens. Uh, that's, that's a very good analogy because that's basically exactly what it is. Um, the 19, the HD19S, the Pulsar Quantum HD19S, has a, a wide-angle lens. It gives you a one-times magnification, making it exceptionally good for walking around in the dark. I use one myself when I'm night hunting. I have my rifle on my shoulder. I walk around with the thermal image up to my eye. I can see objects. I can step over objects. If there's an animal there, they just glow. They just show you. You don't even have to look for animals. If there's an animal there, you'll spot it. Um, it's also very good in the daytime for bush stalking. Um, deer, as, as everyone knows, can be really hard to spot, especially in bush where you get shafts of light coming in. You get, you get leaves, foliage that's bright, and then you get these shadow areas. And if there's a deer standing in the shadow area, I just miss them. The first thing I know that there's a deer there is when I see it running off. With the, with the Pulsar HD19S, you sweep around, you've got a grey image, and it's not affected so much by the sunlight. It'll just be slightly light. But if there's deer there, then it'll just glow. And the other great thing is you can identify your target really well. You can see if it's a deer. You can see if it's a human. Um, we recently produced a um, video for our website. And we got our son to walk through some bush. And I had a camcorder and a Pulsar HD19S thermal imager on tripods. And with a camcorder, you can just discern a little bit of movement. With a thermal imager, you can just see him walking. You can just see him. Actually, that's something I wanted to touch base with you on, was that identifying your target stuff. And we're middle way through uh, the raw for most places around the country. And I, uh, yeah, so tell me a bit more about that, because 
I would imagine if you, I had this thing in my brain where if you saw a bit of white or a bit of heat, you had no way of really discerning what that was and how far away it was. And uh, tell me more about that identifying your target stuff. Yeah, well, well, quite often um, you'll see you, with a thermal imager you can see animals or, or people or anything hot that that's behind um, foliage. So um, straight away. With binoculars, you, you wouldn't be able to see them at all until you're closer. And by then, either you take a shot thinking that it's part of an animal. But if you can see something, well, it happens, eh? Yeah. It's shocking. But if you can see something slightly moving through binoculars with a thermal imager, um, you've got enough resolution to see it in its entirety. And you'll see if it's a deer, you'll see if it's a human really easily. Um, so it gives you that heads up with being able to look through, um, not, not, not just foliage, but you know, mist and fog, you'll be able to see through mist and fog. If it's smoke, it sees through smoke like it's not even there. And um, at night time, of course, so you've got uh, you've got a device that you can use 24 hours, 24 hours a day and it'll spot animals that are concealed. And most, in fact, I would say probably all um, accidents are partly obscured targets. People think it's a deer, even though it's a human, because they can't see the whole outline. And that's where a thermal imager will really help because you can see more of a complete outline. One thing I, I had a question is about is most people are going to go and try these and see them in a, sh in a shop somewhere. And they're probably going to walk out the front of the shop and look around the, the town. And, and towns are full of heat, aren't they? The, the contrast and the difference between hot and cold that you're going to see in the middle of a town or a city yeah. is nothing like you're going to see out in, in the hills, is it? No. No, that, that, that's correct. Um, the worst case scenario, really, for viewing, um, especially where there's concrete, would be midday in summer. Um, basically, the hottest object becomes the whitest object, or if you, if you swap it to black hot, the blackest object. Normally, for spotting animals, I like white hot because it's much easier to spot them. Um, sometimes rocks can be a problem at night. Um, you can see a lot of rocks. Rocks don't move, and you get used to spotting rocks and animals. But generally, um, the rocks aren't as hot as an animal. So as soon as there's an animal there, then that becomes the hottest object. So you're always looking for that hottest object. I've got a question that actually came from my brother-in-law. Now, this one might be a bit out of left field. But what his question was is he does a lot of pig hunting, and he very recently had an issue with his one of his dogs, and it ended, unfortunately, falling down a thermal tomo. Because we're in the central North Island, and we've got plenty of thermal activity around here. And he was kind of convinced that he would have been able to see that tomo, because there's hot air coming out of it, with a thermal image, because the dogs didn't see it, he didn't see it until they were right on it. Right. But effectively, he, uh, where, where we are in the, in the central North Island, there are lots of thermal bits that you don't really want to walk on. Um, would it would it maybe help with that, or had you never thought of that? No, it, it would definitely. Anything that's hot, anything that's hot in its environment, um, would spot you would spot it. Yeah, definitely. So there you go. There's something that might might be useful. Tomo spotting, maybe. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, look, you, you don't want to see a Tomo. They go down a very long way, and not all of them are thermal, obviously, and we're not going to talk about Tomos in the bush in this show. And um, I've just begged you to email me about your Tomo story, and if you do have one, please send it to me. I might read it, and I might not. Um, <laughs> now, can you, have you got any good stories? Have you got a story about what's your best hunting story, uh, whether that involves a thermal imaging camera or not? Why are you thinking... Yeah. 
people people phone us up all the time. They're so excited. We sell them a bit of equipment, and they're on the phone next week, and they're raving about the stuff. Um, Why you think about a story, though, I've got another question to ask you, and that's about the hertz. Um, we quite often see oh, these yeah. things at 30 hertz and at 50 hertz. Um, explain a little bit more about that for our listeners. I think I've got my head around it, but let's let's talk about what the difference between a 30 hertz unit is and a 50 hertz. Well, strictly strictly speaking, with a thermal imager, there are there are um, it's it's the specifications. You have the resolution, which is the amount of pixels in the sensor, but then the definition, which is how many times it refreshes. Um, with any unit that comes out of the States, they are restricted to under 9 hertz, and they tend to be 7.5 hertz, which means it's a very, very flickery image. Um, televisions tend to refresh at 25, standards 25 hertz. Um, it's normally considered that anything below 15 hertz is unacceptable, and that's why the US government have restricted thermals to that, because basically they don't want the bad guys, <laughs> whoever they are, <laughs> to get hold of this type of technology. Because our system's all European, they're all military specification, and our slowest refresh rate is 30 hertz, which is above 25, so it's a high-definition system, and 50 hertz, which is an extra high-definition system. What it means is that it's a much smoother, much smoother image. It's a very smooth image. You can pan very quickly without it flickering. It's easier on the eye. And for every second that you look through an unrestricted um, thermal imager, you're getting so much more information than with a restricted thermal imager. So when people are going into the shop and they're asking these questions, what are they asking about Hertz? They, if they're looking at models, and we're not just going to talk about yours at this exact moment, what, what are the questions they should be asking? Is it resolution, Hertz, Lux? Um, there's a whole lot of new terminology that hunters in general are having to learn. Yeah, well, with thermal images, the main things really are... Um, resolution and, and refresh rate. Um, most thermal images will have a lens of around f1 to f1.2, so they're all fairly standard there. It's the it's the engine that drives it. It's the um, thermal, the uncooled thermal sensor that is the important, the heart of the unit. And we only sell um, amorphous silicon. It's a new technology. Um, the older type vanadium oxide sensors, they've been around for quite a long time. They've got a fairly slow time constant, which means that each pixel changes slower than with the new amorphous silicon. The thing with amorphous silicon is had an awful lot of money pumped into its development. First of all, the computing industry developed um, silicon, and then it was taken further by the um, photovoltaic industry in Germany. And one of the great byproducts of that was the amorphous silicon thermal and that's just a byproduct of um, those two technologies. And it's very widely taken up now with the military. Um, our, our parent, well, these units, the, the sensors inside are Uli sensors. It's a French company, and they are owned by a company called Sofrad IR, and they're a major NATO um, thermal image supplier, and they also supply to NASA. So it's good. So. so what that means for a consumer is when they're looking through this and they're panning, you're not getting that stop start or you're not getting as much of that stop start as they're moving it around. No, it's very smooth, very smooth and very crisp. Um, uh, well, an another analogy to a camera is um, imagine taking a photograph at 7.5 seconds, you know, at a seventh of a second compared to a thirtieth of a second or a fiftieth of a second. The longer the focal length of the lens, the more critical 
shutter speed becomes. So you are getting a, a sharper image. So in a nutshell, this thing has a girl's brain. It's working a little bit faster, a little bit smoother. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and it's doing more than one thing at a time, isn't it? Because I do understand that about the new chips, is that the old chips used to um, process one piece of information at a time, which meant they, they refreshed very slow. So like I think, like you said, is one pixel at a time. The new chips are actually processing all pixels all of the time. Yeah. Is that Or is, is it something similar to that, isn't well, it? They, yeah, you, you, you've got a... A, a thermal sensor that converts heat into an electronic signal that's processed by a central processor and then it's displayed on a, a screen. So basically you've got a screen, you've got a thermal sensor and a microprocessor. And because it's a digital platform, it means that you've also got video out and you know, you've got means of changing the intensity of the image, the contrast of the image, all these things that you wouldn't be able to do with night vision devices. All right, well, okay, so we've, we've covered our bases. We're going to harp back to that story that you owe me. You must have yes. a good well, hunting I story. Do. Bef before Christmas, um, I was approached by the Department of Conservation in, in Nelson, was the Motueka um, Department of Conservation, and they were embarking on a pig eradication, um, pig eradication on Farewell Spit, which is a heritage site. And um, they invited me to come over. Great, it was great. I, did, I didn't charge them. It was just a hoot, to say the least. They whined me, they dined me, they yawned me. They took me up in a helicopter, and we went out looking for pigs. Farewell spit, it's got scrub, really dense scrub. That would be chest high. And the pigs will just happily sit in it, wait in it. Helicopter will go over the top. You won't be able to see them. The shooter can't see them. The pilot can't see them, but I was sitting in the back with a Pulsar quantum thermal imager, and I could see them. I could see hairs, you know? We flushed plenty of hairs. So I was sitting in the back of the helicopter, and once I'd spotted pigs, um, I would direct the helicopter pilot to drop down and flush them into open ground where they would be shot. Incidentally, this, um, this story is available on our website, but also in the hunting and fishing catalog. I wrote a small story about it. It was fantastic. It was very efficient and we shot quite a few pigs in that time. Okay, so that was actually going to be my next, you've segued very nicely into my next bit. Um, where do people find out information about this product? Um, on our website, www.yukonoptics.co.nz, uh, or in the hunting and fishing catalogue. Another plug for the old hunting and fishing catalogue, and you have got a really good write-up in there. We've got it in front of us now. Well, um, well explained. <laughs> well, I re yeah, well... <laughs> The, th the thing is, we wanted to move away from, w with with the catalogue, it, it's a well-written catalogue, it's a very, very good catalogue, everybody gets to read it, and we wanted to move away from just pictures of products and prices, so, you know, with one page, we basically just chose two stories, one from Barry in Botany, Hunting and Fishing, who loves our stuff and takes it out all the time, and then this article of myself. And it's a really fun sport to get into, whether you're pest controlling or whether you're hunting possums for money um, or whether you just want to go out and enjoy hunting at night. I love hunting at night, but then I've always enjoyed sea run fishing. I've really always enjoyed that. I never used night vision. Wading out into a river, pitch dark, you, you, you can't see anything. So, you, so I would just look up at the stars. It's all touch fishing, cast, mend your line. And then, of course, it's all on if you catch a fish. And, and that was a major form of relaxation, especially 
especially after working late, work late, come home, want to do a bit of fishing, and you know the chance in New Zealand to catch beautiful big sea runs. So I've always enjoyed going out at night, and it's it's that um, it's that excitement knowing that animals come out at night, and I'm going into their environment, and I've got equipment that I know that I can match them or. You know, so when it's starlight, when it's starlight conditions, I know that they can't see me, and it's just so exciting. You can spot them, you can hunt them, and it's or safe. Or just observe them. I sometimes just go walking with a thermal image. I'll just go for a walk, and I can see rats and possums, and I've seen quite a few fallow and fallow fawns, and it's just a wonderful thing to see. Just walk up, and 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 they don't know that you can see them because it's pitch dark, black, and I just really just enjoy watching animals. Well, look, thank you. Yep, thank you very much for your time. Remember that e website address again is www.yukonoptics.co.nz, um, and you can just Google that if you spell it wrong, because Google corrects your spelling, and I love that about Google. And um, no, no, thank you for having us, us us here today, and it was great to actually have you in person. So many of my interviews are on the phone. Uh, it's always great to meet in person and have a look at the products, touch and feel, and try very hard not to drop them uh, because they are new and they and they feel very flash. Um, again, thank you very much, and let's let's do this again. Excellent, thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Remember, um, you can contact me, info at thehuntingshow.co.nz or visit www.thehuntingshow.co.nz um, and we've got a new photo gallery up there. It's actually been up there in the past. Uh, unfortunately, they changed the website on me and they had to get rid of it for a little while. We've put it back on there. So if you'd like to have your photos of things you've been up to, all you've got to do is email me the pic, and I can get that loaded up onto the website. You can even send it, just message us on Facebook. Uh, just go on to Facebook, search The Hunting Show, or if you're already a fan, uh, just send us that photo on Facebook, and you could get that photo up there. You're not going to win anything, but you are going to get a little bit of pride out of it, I hope. Be careful out there. There are a lot of hunters out and about. Um, we've got an interview coming up with Nicole Mimiki from uh, New Zealand Mountain Safety Council, and she's going to give you all a lecture on being safe. And I'm going to join her as well. Be careful and good hunting. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.